You're listening to the podcast about Marvel's The Avengers, comic books, and all things nerdy. Welcome to Heroes Unite. It really grows on you, doesn't it? Hey guys, Radio Matt here, and welcome to episode two of the Heroes Unite podcast. Hope you're well out there and staying safe in this crazy time that we find ourselves in. On the episode today, I'll be talking about Marvel's The Avengers on PlayStation 4. Of course, it's out for Xbox and PC as well, but I'll talk about my experience up to this point in just a mini-review of Marvel's The Avengers coming up. We'll also be talking about my love for Spider-Man on PlayStation 4. I've, I've jumped back into it and... I've got to say, even though it's a couple of years old, it still holds the test of time, even though, yeah, okay, it's only been a couple of years, but it is so much fun, and I am so excited for Miles Morales. And then I'll be talking about some comic books, my recommendations for this week, and there's some good stuff, guys. Cyberpunk 2077 Trauma Team number one is here, and it is a blast. We also have Thor issue seven. That series have been has been crazy, and I'll recommend a few other books to you as well. Thanks for joining us here on the Heroes Unite podcast. So the first thing on the show I'd like to talk about today is Marvel's The Avengers on PlayStation 4. Again, it's also for Xbox and PC, but my experience so far on PlayStation 4, much and eagerly anticipating the PlayStation 5 version in November. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait to play the game in 60 FPS and hopefully a, a graphical upgrade as well. Even though the game looks gorgeous on PlayStation 4 Pro, I, I mean, I really have no problem with it in 4K. It looks great in my opinion, but it will be nice to see a little bit of a graphical upgrade there moving forward on the PlayStation 5. But I just wanted to do a quick mini review of the game. I don't want to get too in-depth with it, but I just wanted to share my thoughts initially on my experience with the game and why I've not been able to set it down. But first off, the game, at least in my opinion, is everything that I've wanted in a Marvel Heroes game. And I know moving forward, they're going to be adding new characters, new villains, more story. And th this type of game, like an ever-growing uh, live service game, kind of like Destiny, I love that. And I love that it has this Marvel skin on it because there's so much you can do in the Marvel Universe and the, the, the possibilities are endless. I mean, not even just characters, but the places you can go, the, the gear you can add, all of this stuff. It, it's just, it's so open to so many things. And that is one thing that I am excited about. I think more than anything with this game is just the possibilities of where it can go in its current state. Okay. Let me admit and, and, you know, I'll be the first to say it. There are a lot of bugs going on. There are some, uh, I wouldn't say game-breaking bugs by any means, but there are some issues, you know, some lockups, some graphical hitches, things like that. Now, at the time of recording, they just put the new patch out that fish, uh, that was about 10 gigs that fixed about a thousand different things in the game. At least that's what the patch notes said, which sounds insane. But when you think about all these little bugs that you don't see coming, I mean, they can add up pretty fast. So at the time of recording, the experience is actually better than it has been the last few weeks. So, you know, take that, take that how you will. But the game, I think even with all of these bugs and, and issues like that, it is just so much fun. And if you ask people that enjoy this game, I think they'll tell you that same thing. They'll say, listen, yeah, the game's got some issues, but oh my gosh, it's so much fun. And I feel like a superhero. I feel like Captain America out there. 
I feel like Black Widow, Iron Man, his, his rockets, his repulsors are sick, you know, and so on and so forth about every other character. But I think you'll find that the game is just super fun to play. And sometimes, friends, when you sit down for a video game, you don't want to put a lot of thought into it. You just want to beat the crap out of some bad guys. And that's exactly what you find here with Marvel's The Avengers. The game, as I mentioned previously, has a huge opportunity to be something amazing moving forward. And I and I don't expect anything less, especially with uh, Marvel games being so heavily involved here with Square Enix. I think they'll put out a beautiful product. And they don't want to tarnish the Marvel name. You know, they, they want the Marvel name to continue to grow and be this huge beast that it already is. I know people have said, well, why didn't they go with an MCU look for the game? Guys, listen, I don't want to get too in-depth with this, but the bottom line is we, we, we don't want that, okay? We don't want them to try to transfer like a Chris Evans look and voice into the game. It's going to make the game cheap. It's going to make the game seem like a, a, a movie ripoff. And that's not what we need here. I love that they went an opposite way. They've got their own voice actors. They've got their own skins for the game. They've got their own character versions. I love that. And it makes the game feel very unique. But listen, friends, I've loved the game up to this point. Can't wait to see what the future holds. Does it have some issues? Yes, of course it does. But there are so many things the game's doing right, and the devs are on top of these issues. I mean, they're constantly posted on Reddit. They are constantly working on this game, even in a pandemic. I mean, it's been really incredible and really, um, what would you say, impressive, I guess, and how quick they're moving out these patches and how quick they're responding to the community of Marvel's The Avengers. So, listen, guys, if you're thinking about getting it, if you're a Marvel fan, if you like superheroes, I couldn't recommend this game enough. I think it's going to be a lot of fun for you, and it's going to be right up your alley. So definitely check out Marvel's The Avengers. It's out right now for PlayStation 4, Xbox, and PC. And keeping with the theme of video games, so Spider-Man, Marvel's Spider-Man came out on PlayStation as a PlayStation exclusive in 2018. Now, at that time, I actually purchased the special edition Spider-Man PlayStation 4 Pro. I still love it. I still I I still have it gleaming on my uh, counter, you know. <laughs> It's still it's still sitting there in all of its glory, you know. It's it's on the top shelf so you can see it easy. But uh, so obviously I'm all in on this game and, you know, we don't have to, I don't have to sit here and review the game because we all know how well it did, how good the game is. Well, I hadn't played it in quite a while. And to be quite honest with you guys, I hadn't really played through all of the DLC. I started it at the time and never finished it. Well, the other day I was thinking, you know what? I'm in the mood to play Spider-Man again. I've been reading the Spider-Man comics. I, I'm, I'm just in this Spider-Man mind frame. And so I put the game in. And I am so glad I did. I'm having such a great time with it again. It, it, the game feels so good. The combat is just absolutely insane. This story, their version of Peter Parker is so much fun. And, and he really fits. He really fits what Spider-Man and Peter Parker are as characters. And I just fell so in love again with this game. And I just wanted to mention that, guys. Listen, if you haven't touched the game in a while... Jump in and just have a good time. It, I mean, the combat is just so fluid. It's so much fun. And the game looks incredible, too. 
I mean, we've got Miles Morales coming out here in just a couple of months in November on PlayStation 4 and 5, and I I can't even imagine how they're going to make that game look even better than this game, right? Like, I know they will, and even in the trailers they've showed, it's been, I mean, the gameplay trailer we saw recently was just absolutely mind-blowing, and it's like, how do you guys make this better? It's so impressive, but... Oh, I can't wait to play Miles Morales in November. And they're putting out a remastered version of the first game with up-res textures, uh, new, you know, uh, ray tracing features, things like that. So I can't wait to play through it again in a couple of months. It's just going to be such a fun time for Spider-Man fans and for Marvel fans. But guys, you can get the game super cheap. I'm talking like 20 bucks right now. Uh, with all the DLC and all of that. It is so, so worth that. I couldn't recommend the game enough, but I just had to mention I've been playing it and I'm absolutely, absolutely in love with it all over again. Well, comic books obviously are a big part of my life and a big part of this podcast, and we've got a lot of books that I've wanted to share with you, right? I've been reading a lot of comics and I hate to admit this, but I'm actually moving more to Marvel Comics. I'm kind of getting away from DC a bit. Mainly, I'm only reading Batman and The Flash now. And, you know, I've always loved DC Comics, and I still do, right? Like, I, I still love the Titans, the Teen Titans. I love I love a lot of these characters, but there's just something about Marvel issues right now that are pulling me in. I mean, Thor's been incredible. We'll talk about issue seven here in just a few moments. And, and you know, not just Thor, but all these other books. Ghost Rider's been incredible. Of course, Cosmic Ghost Rider came out of nowhere. I think I talked about him on the last episode. He's one of my new favorite characters. But Marvel is just doing so much right in the comic book space right now. And I just, oh my gosh, guys, I just absolutely love it. So let's get into our comic book review portion of the show. And before we get started, there will be spoilers here. So if you don't want to be spoiled on some of these books, make sure and hit the pause button now and come back later. The first book on the show today we're talking about is Cyberpunk 2077 Trauma Team Number 1. It's being published by Dark Horse Comics, written by Colin Bunn, artist Miguel Valderrama. Cyberpunk 2077 Trauma Team is about Nadia, an assistant EMT for a privately owned business known as Trauma Team International. She's the sole survivor of a failed rescue mission turned shootout. After she agrees to continue work for an upcoming extraction mission, Nadia and her new team find themselves in an even more dangerous and life-threatening situation. Hey guys, it's Radio Matt here, and on the show today, I, I just had to talk about this book. I, I recently read this story. It came out just a few weeks ago, and of course, I'm more than excited for the video game coming out in November, and so pretty much any cyberpunk media or material that comes out related to the world. I'm pretty, I'm pretty much right there on top of it, and this book was no different. And I gotta say that this book, I you know, thumbing through it, the art definitely grabbed me, and it really made me feel like this. You know, I was in the cyberpunk universe in a lot of ways. It fits just so perfectly. And so I think that initially when I saw the artwork on the interior of the book, I mean, don't get me wrong, I would have got it anyway. But the art definitely spoke to me. So this book was very, very interesting. And it really allowed me to realize some more, another aspect, I should say, of the world of cyberpunk. And just how crazy and insane Night City really is. 
And so in the beginning of this book, we do find Nadia and it shows off a pretty dangerous situation that the trauma team got involved in. And basically, and by the way, there will be spoilers here. Basically, Nadia loses her entire trauma team. And so she goes through this uh, PTSD withdrawal and she talks to a therapist. Now, from what I understand in the story, this therapist works for Trauma Team International. So she's not like a therapist just for Nadia. It's more of a, a company therapist. She's talking to Nadia and says, you know, in a roundabout way, are you ready to go back in the field? We need to examine you and make sure your PTSD is passed because if you get on the get out in the field and you make mistakes or you get into a bad situation, how are you going to handle it? And Nadia keeps saying, yes, I'm ready. And, and you can still tell in the story the way Colin Bunn writ, wrote it, you can tell she's still a little apprehensive and she's starting to have these flashbacks as well, which come more into play later in the issue. But so Nadia and the therapist decide, okay, she's ready to go. So she gets the green light. Now, so basically what the Trauma Team International does, they go out on these missions to rescue a hurt person or a person obviously maybe dead and they can bring them back to life somehow. At least that's the vibe I got. And so they go out on these missions to rescue these folks. And what's crazy is, is Night City, if you haven't done a lot of research on it, it's a scary place, right? There's a lot of violence and just so many weird and crazy things going on. So these folks are much like you would find in our world today, an ambulance driver or, or, or a nurse in the back of an ambulance. That's basically what these people are. So they get called in, but they have these weapons on them to defend themselves and they go into these hot areas. Now, I will say real quick that if you've been keeping up with Cyberpunk 2077, the video game, in one of the first trailers they released for the game a few years back, you actually saw the trauma team in that trailer. Uh, they fly in on a helicopter, and there they are picking up a body. And so they definitely have this huge part of the world. I know that CD Projekt Red have already said that the trauma team are in the game, and they hold a pretty significant part of of the world. So that's really interesting stuff. And honestly, I don't think they would have put this book out if, if they didn't have some kind of role to play in the story. So I'm excited to see where that goes. Anyway, so there's a bit of a background about Trauma Team International. So Nadia deals with this crazy event that happens where all of her team dies and she comes out of it alive and definitely scarred. And as we move forward in the book, we also learn that the trauma team, I don't know if they necessarily don't save everyone or if they save everyone, but these folks called the Platinums, or I guess you can imagine being like a Platinum member of a credit card or something like that. You have these folks that are Platinums. So a Platinum calls in or beeps in, they go to them first and help them first. And so in this story, Nadia joins back with the force and immediately we see a platinum call in. And this was interesting too. her team, her new team, treat her as if she's a newbie. That worked on my nerves a little bit, but I think it's playing a kind of a part in the story. And even Nadia in the chopper as they're moving to the extraction point um, or to the, to the point of the person hurt. She's even saying, hey, I'm not a newbie, you know, this is not a new thing. And they keep repeating that. So maybe that'll come into play a little bit more moving forward. But so you have these Platinums and this Platinum member calls in 
with this damage to them. Now, they don't really tell you what that is until obviously we get toward the end of the book, but we see them travel into this, uh, it looks like a rundown apartment building. So they're moving almost like a SWAT team. That's kind of what the feeling you get with these guys are. They're kind of like this SWAT team with these weapons, these helmets and things like that. And, and it kind of seems like each member of the team specializes in something different. At least that's the vibe I'm getting right now. We'll see more moving forward. But so you got this team moving into this apartment complex and they're looking for this platinum member who is hurt. And they obviously find other folks shooting at them, trying to corner them. And so they get in this this fight and Nadia suddenly has these PTSD like flashbacks and you see her struggling to. To, to work, to do what she needs to do to, to fix the situation. And then at the end of the book, we find that, and again, spoilers here, we find what, in my opinion, looks to be a character that Nadia has come across before. And I believe it's a character she come across in the beginning of the issue who's actually the quote-unquote platinum member who's called the team in to save them. And that's where the issue ends. So let me just say, this issue was really exciting. If you've been following the video game, I think you're really going to enjoy this. And obviously, it's going to give you more context into some of the things about Night City and just how crazy the world is. But even if you're not into the video game, I think this makes for a great sci-fi story. And again, this is only a four-issue miniseries, so you're not committing a ton of money here, but... I would definitely check out the first issue. This is definitely a buy for me, and I can't recommend it enough. Again, that's Cyberpunk 2077 Trauma Team Issue 1. It does directly tie into the video game, and there's some exciting moments here. There's some interesting moments, and I can't wait to see where Issue 2 takes us. The next book on the show we're talking about is Thor Issue number 7 by Donnie Cates. Let me just say before I even talk about this issue, just how amazing this Thor run has been. And I'll be the first to admit, when I when I saw Thor issue one come out a while back, I actually kind of snubbed the book. Now, I'll admit I'm not the hugest uh, Thor fan, okay? I like him in the MCU, okay? He's been a blast to play in the Marvel's Avengers video game. But when it comes to the comics, I've never necessarily been attracted to Thor other than... The Unworthy Thor, which, by the way, if you've not read that Jason Aaron story of Thor, it's absolutely incredible. But other than that little miniseries there, I've not really got into Thor. Well, about a month ago, I was reading about all the hype around Donny Cates' Thor. Now, Donny Cates has been one of my favorite writers now for a few years. Pretty much everything he touches turns to gold. His, his uh, independent writings, his Marvel stuff has just been so good. So naturally, I'm like, all right, you know what? I don't like Thor that much, at least at, at, at right now, but I love Donny Cates. So I'm going to try this and see what happens. <laughs> well, to say I am above and beyond what I love about Thor now, I, I you know, that doesn't even make any sense. I, I, can't, I can't put into words just how much... I'm enjoying the Thor run, and now I'm becoming this this Thor fan. I'm really starting to understand the character in the comics much better. So issue seven is here. Now, one through six was the first story arc for this new Thor run from Donny Cates. And I will say, if you've not read it, it is pretty important leading into this issue. Could you read this issue without it? Sure. 
but you may be a little bit lost and not necessarily understanding what's going on. With that said, though, you could read issue six and be all right. You could read issue six and be okay jumping into issue seven here. But the issue starts out with uh, a character, a no-name character that we see. Uh, basically a guy, he's working on a car. It gives a little bit of background about him. He's a mechanic. He's a hard worker and, and things like that. But he, he had some jail time for armed robbery and aggravated assault. So he's not the, the, uh, the poster child of, of the American man, right? <laughs> he's, he's had some, some run-ins with the law and things like that. He's a mechanic just kind of living and getting by. Well, they're located in Broxton, Oklahoma. That's where this issue is taking place. And all of a sudden, out of the sky falls the hammer, Thor's hammer, of course. And that leads into the series being titled Thor Hammerfall. And this little section of Thor is actually only two issues. It's uh, only two parts. So this part, one of that. Well, this character, which by the name, I'm trying to remember this guy's name. And I, uh, Adam, Adam Aziz, Aziz, something like that. <laughs> so this character finds the hammer, sees the hammer had fallen into this random field out in Oklahoma and he's like, you know what? I uh, I think I should make a few phone calls here. So he makes a phone call. And then we see moving forward Thor talking to Better Ray Bill. And of course, Better Ray Bill played a pretty big part in the first arc of Thor. So him and Thor have this this budding rivalry going right now. I mean, the things that Thor did to him, he doesn't feel good about. He he feels uh, some some unintended, unneeded violence towards him. But they get around a dinner table and they're just talking, discussing things, you know, shooting the breeze. And then Thor says, listen, I uh, I need to talk to you. I have something pretty serious I need to talk to you about. Then we see a character in the fields, a broadcaster out here saying, we found Thor's hammer. It showed up here in Oklahoma, blah, blah, blah. And Iron Man pops in. Now, I'll say this about Iron Man in this issue. I get that he's sort of this asshole, right? Tony Stark isn't the, uh, the, the nicest guy in the world. He's into himself, things like that. I understand that. But I thought the way Donny Cates wrote uh, uh, Iron Man here, I almost said Thor, uh, Iron Man here, I didn't actually like it. I almost felt like he was a little bit over the top, being almost too much of an asshole. So I'll, I'll take it for what it is. If you read the issue, you'll have to, to deduct your own opinion, obviously. But so Iron Man shows up here and he's talking, trying to figure out, OK, what happened here? Who's Adam? Blah, blah, blah. And Adam says, hey, look at the uh, look at the hammer, by the way. And so Tony Stark does. And on the hammer engraved in it, it says, call Tony Stark. And it's got Tony Stark's phone number. And he says, this isn't cool, Thor. Come on, man. And so Iron Man's like, all right, I'll give him a call. So we then see Thor and Better Ray Bill talking to each other. And Thor says, listen, I had this vision, this crazy vision that involves Thanos. And I think I'm going to need some help for sure. So he's looking to better Ray Bill for help. And um, yeah, it's just an insane moment there. I loved every minute of this. 
And then it leads into the final moment of the book. And I have, I, I have not much to say here because I really have no idea what's going on or where it's going, but I have to, I have to mention this. Adam picks up the hammer. Yeah. Adam apparently is worthy of the hammer. And he says, what the hell? <laughs> That's the last line in the story. Now, listen, I didn't want to tell you everything because this issue is really, really good. But if you're a Thor fan, if you're looking to get into Thor, I can't recommend this series enough. It's been absolutely incredible. And this issue leading into this two-part series is is really, really good. I mean, I wouldn't sleep on this. Again, I've never been the biggest Thor fan in the world, but there's just something special about this book, and I can't recommend it enough. Thor issue 7, legendary number 733, in stores now for $3.99. And guys, jump in. Seriously, give it a chance. And a few other books I'd like to recommend to you on this show. Uh, we'll just run through these fairly quickly. I won't get into an in-depth discussion about them. But first up, Marvel Zombies Resurrection number one is here. And, you know, I wouldn't say it's the the best written book I've ever read. I wouldn't say that it's the most, um, the most in-depth story I've ever read. But if you like something fun and you've read the previous Marvel Zombies books then this is definitely an issue to check out. It's an oversized issue. Now, it is $5.99, but it's an oversized issue, so you really get your money's worth here. There's some interesting things going on, and if you're an X-Men fan, uh, you'll definitely find some stuff in this issue, too, that you're like, okay, wait a minute, this is this is kind of cool, especially if you're a Beast fan, right? But uh, Marvel Zombies Resurrection, number one, is a fun book. If you're looking for just an easy read of entertainment, this is definitely something to check out. Can't recommend it enough. Black Widow, number one, is here. It's been out now for a couple of weeks. And, you know, much like I said earlier about Thor, I never was a huge Black Widow fan. I even thought in the MCU she was kind of boring, to be honest. Uh, not saying I had this dislike for her by any means, but she never really stood out for me. Now, I'll say with Black Widow issue one, this was actually a lot of fun, and you learn a little bit more about the character, and it's just an interesting story, and I can't wait to see where this goes. Definitely recommend checking that out. If you've not been reading Amazing Spider-Man, you need to go back about three or four issues now and check it out. Seriously, this Sin Eater plotline has been absolutely insane. Of course, the Sin Eater, a villain from a, a while back in the Spider-Man lore. Well, he's back and he's putting Spider-Man through this crazy test. Uh, making Peter Parker think about who he is as Spider-Man. And, and there's some interesting and crazy panels going on. Well, The Amazing Spider-Man, The Sins of Norman Osborn is an issue one and basically a tie-in story to the main book. And Nick Spencer is still writing this issue as well. But you've got the whole Bat family. I mean, you've got Miles Morales, you've got Spider-Woman, uh, you've got uh, a few others as well in there. But they're questioning stopping Peter Parker. Norman Osborn is going to kill and kill more, and they want that to be stopped. But Peter Parker doesn't want to kill Norman Osborn. It's this weird thing going on in the story. And I can't recommend this issue enough or the previous issues of The Amazing Spider-Man. Definitely, definitely check out Amazing Spider-Man, Sin Eater, and The Sins of Norman Osborn. It's a lot of fun. 
And finally, the last book I'll recommend to you, which is a book that really come out of nowhere for me, Iron Man number one. And wow, guys, this story, this issue was so much fun. If you're an Iron Man fan, if you're an old Iron Man fan, I think you'll come to appreciate a lot that's in this book. And I, I can't recommend this book enough. It's, it's, it's really good. It's really fun. And it's an oversized issue. And the art, by the way, is just absolutely insane. It's so good. And to me, it fits Tony Stark and Iron Man so well. But uh, guys, yeah, if you're an Iron Man fan at all, if you're interested in him or interested in Tony Stark, this book actually gives Tony Stark another level of, of interest to me. It makes me like Tony Stark in a different way than maybe I had before. And I think that's an important thing here as well. But this issue, number one, is $4.99. And uh, yeah, you need to read it, guys. Seriously, Iron Man, number one. Don't sleep on this book. It's a lot of fun. And it really come out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just, <laughs> I seriously, I can't recommend these last few issues I've mentioned enough. And there you have it, guys. The second episode of the Heroes Unite podcast is coming to an end. And I just want to say thank you for listening to the show. And I'll continue to put more episodes out. I was hoping to do this show weekly, but it's more turning into possibly a either bi-weekly show or a once a month show. Now, with that said... I did want to focus on superhero video games and content like that more so than comics, but I'm starting to lean into the comic books more only because there's more content to talk about, right? I mean, I'm reading comics every week, so there's new stuff. So in the future, you'll be seeing little mini, maybe like 10 to 12 minute episodes. We'll be putting those out hopefully weekly. That's my goal right now, friends, to do that. So be on the lookout for some of those and just to tell you about the comic books I'm reading and what I recommend. All right, friends, that's it. Have yourselves a great rest of your day or, or whatever you're doing. And thank you so much for spending just a little bit time with me. I'm Radio Matt, and you're listening to the Heroes Unite podcast. We'll catch you on episode number three next time around.